1: Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Thank you for the tens of thousands of you who listen to us daily. And thank you, sincerely, thank you for keeping us the number one daily podcast uh, for agents. Uh, We have literally tens of thousands of you who listen every single day. It's fun to get your emails, it's really interesting to me. Um, So our shows all get, uh, you know, they're all indexed on Google, of course, by the titles and what the content's all about. So it's interesting to me when we get emails about shows that we did a while ago, we intentionally don't date the shows or try not to date the shows because the information is evergreen. We don't have, for example, you know, a show that's only going to be relevant to that particular day. Well, we do that occasionally, but really we try to stay something that's going to be useful for the ages. And it's fascinating to me when we start getting emails from different parts of the country Um, from people that are searching for and discover our old podcasts on, say, for example, distressed real estate or something like that. So it is interesting as Julie and I have this weird position in the real estate world where we can monitor through just watching our own analytics. We can watch to see what people are interested in, agents are interested in listening to. And uh, one of the things that I see a lot of an increase in folks looking for information about wealth building, and that's particular to, uh, obviously, I'm just focused, Julie and I are just focused on real estate, but even when I was on um, my different uh, places I go to pull real estate uh, relevant information from my Google alerts, I noticed a lot of people that are searching for wealth building information. And I think the answer, or the reason why is quite obvious, because there's a lot of people You know, you read in the news and maybe there's a recession coming, maybe there's not. Maybe there's a slowdown in your housing market that's noticeable, maybe there's not. But really, all the uncertainty is causing a lot of people to look, uh, take a real hard uh, look at their own personal, um, you know, what's going on in their own money. I mean, they're looking at their debts, they're looking at their savings, they're looking at their hypothetical retirement, if that's even a word anymore. They're looking at just all the different things that the financial buckets that – a lot of us, uh, you know, are not necessarily paying as much attention to as we should. Um, and, you know, Julie and I have a pretty rigid system in our own personal uh, life, and our own business, where we review all of our numbers every single week. Uh, so what I'm telling you, and the reason I'm telling you all of this, is if you're feeling a urge to really get your... Uh, financial situation together. Yes, it's probably because it's April and it's tax time. Yes, it's probably. Oh, I just dated the call. See what I or the show. See what I said. I didn't do what I just did. <laughs> right. Maybe you know. Maybe ultimately it's because you, you're realizing, hey, at my age, I should have more saved. Right, at my age, I should have more net worth, or I shouldn't have any debt. Now, these are all the reasons that we've been doing this uh, podcast, or these uh, past two podcasts about this specific topic, because what what we discovered along the way is that there really is no easy-to-understand organized system for building wealth. When I originally put these notes together, it was probably two years ago, and it was for our, our red book, Harris Rules, that's on Amazon, which, by the way, has now been replaced by the new green book. You guys should go on Amazon. We updated it. We added new rules for the new market. We added a lot of information as far as more drilled-down content. That's, I think, you know, more stories, more just things like that. So go to Amazon, just Google, and just drop in Harris Rules, and you'll find the new book. We expect it to be another international bestseller, if anything, if the old book is any indication. So please do consider going there and checking it out. Harris Rules on Amazon.com. But we left off the red book with the section on wealth building and the notes that originally. became that last chapter or the notes that we're sharing with you today. When Julie and I put those notes together, now it was probably, like I said, a couple of years ago, and we did a, this, this similar podcast series on this similar topic, we weren't using all the same information we are now. So as, you know, hopefully you guys are noticing, we are not uh, stagnant. We're always updating. We're always paying attention. We're always focused on what, and how we can be the most service to all of you podcast listeners and certainly those of you who choose to become our coaching clients. Um, so, with that in mind, what we're going to pick up, what we're going to do now, is we're going to start talking uh, more about how to build wealth and in, in the wealth building phases. Again, if you want more drill down information, uh, get the new book Harris Rules. It's uh, starting, uh, it's for sale. I think June 4th. In the meantime, um, listen to the podcast we did the other day. Julie, anybody you'd like to acknowledge?
2: Ah, gosh, you know, I've already had a round of phone calls this morning, and we have a lot of agents who are. Very grateful for a good start to the year and really in momentum to start second quarter. Well, no, I just dated it, but you did it first, so second quarter. <laughs> uh, so that they're, they're in momentum. And what I'm seeing is uh, many of our coaching clients in particular are already at their magic number, the number of listings you have to keep at all times in order to meet or exceed your monthly financial goals. So now the nature of that is changing a little bit, a little bit more about time management, stellar communication, handling that volume, and making sure that that is consistent and not just you know a really big month of taking listings and then a big month of closings and then a dry month, which is typically how it goes. So as coaches, we're keeping a really close eye on keeping them in momentum once they reach their magic number because then they've got more to manage. So the nature of the conversation changes from how do I get to that magic number to how do I stay here, how do I manage my own time? take good care of my clients, and then lather, rinse, repeat. So I'm excited about that for many of them that I've already spoken with last week and today. It's always fun to see the quarter flip over. You back? That's my shout-out. Yep. Oh, <coughs> Sorry, that's a shout-out.
1: Okay. All right. No problem. So with regards, to, with regards to the topic today, this is one of our favorite topics because it does – when we've presented this live, it always it's always fun to watch people sort of feel like uh, – you can tell by looking at their faces that they're feeling a lot less stress. Um, before we get to the next point, I want to uh, give you guys a couple of reminders. We are doing an event in April. Um, well, let's just forget it, Julie's events, this, call, this show's dated. <laughs> <laughs> so we are doing we are doing Because an you mentioned it, on, that's
2: why this happens, because you said it.
1: I know, well, exactly, <laughs> it's in my head, right? So we're doing mm-hmm. an event on April 19th in Austin, Texas. Um, it's, you can fly in on the 18th, you can leave on the 20th, or you can leave late in the day on the 19th. Um, the event is being sponsored by EXP, but it's a mastermind. It's a mastermind that Julie and I are hosting, along with actually a lot of other um, really, I think, very famous and uh, – influential people in the real estate realm. So it's not just a Tim and Julie event. It's certainly not just an eXp event. It's being sponsored by eXp, but the folks that are going are some of the most recognized people in real estate, former CEO of Keller Williams. uh, You know, Sean Kokoska is going to be there. A guy named Brent Gove is going to be there. Some really heavy hitters from around the country are flying in. And the best part is because eXp has been so gracious to sponsor the event. It's only 50 bucks. So there's really no excuse not to go. You could be in and out depending on where you live in the country. And we're staying, you know, the events at the Sheridan, um, you know, not expensive to stay there, not expensive to fly in or out, and uh, we'd love to meet all of you. So the event, if you want to register, Julie, it's exp uh, forward dash. slash mastermind.com. dash whatever. That's okay. Exp it's easier to find. EXP, <laughs> go ahead. It's okay. Exp dash mastermind dot com. Exp dash mastermind dot And um, yeah, so do register, it's 50 bucks per ticket. You definitely wanna attend, and it'd be great to meet all of you, you really would. It'd be fantastic, actually. So do consider coming. And we might make this a topic, by the way, at the event. Julie and I might present this with graphs and whatnot, giving more, um, and giving actually some anecdotal stories of people that have followed this path, because actually, Julie, I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in Hawaii, we had, what, three or four people that came up to us at that big event we did, and kind of pulled us aside and actually said um, this was the most influential podcast series we had done, and they followed it exactly. And now they're telling us about the rental properties and the, you know, the fact that they're now focused on uh, profit and the profit being reinvested to make them rich, where their money works for their, them, and they no longer have to work for money. That you remember that? That was fun, right? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And we appreciate the feedback, especially on the ones that you guys really run with and take action on. Sometimes you kind of stuff it back in the in your brain and say that was a fun thing to listen to this is something that will change your life getting really clear excuse me getting really clear on how to build wealth and doing something about it so yeah I remember the Hawaii uh, a lot of them said it was the first time they really took their wealth building seriously you know and they had heard all you know lots of different quotes and speakers and different things but the actual how to do it and implement it step by step is what had the impact so that makes us happy. You guys implement- the biggest
1: eye opener for the biggest eye opener for folks the biggest eye opener for certainly Julie and I along the way mm-hmm. is that and this is kind of where I'd like to start out before we get to the next point is that the world, the system, whatever you want to define that as, does not want you to be rich. I'm going to say that again nobody, nobody, nobody wants you to be rich, everybody wants you to be dependent that's shocking, scary, offensive, and it also is very enlightening because it's also very true. Nobody wants you to be rich. The government doesn't want you to be rich, otherwise they wouldn't take so much of your money. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. you know, Your broker doesn't necessarily want you to be rich because if you're rich, you wouldn't necessarily have to hustle for houses so much. Your friends don't want you to be rich because if you were rich, you'd make them uncomfortable because they weren't rich. Your your neighborhood, your family, your nobody wants you. Maybe your spouse and your kids. They wouldn't mind. But to a certain extent, there might be conflict there as well. You might be um, you, you might be in an environment where maybe your partner or your spouse doesn 't necessarily share your same vision of being rich where your money works for you you no longer work for your money. I had a coaching client, true story who had essentially followed the same plan. He basically already had implemented a very similar plan when I started coaching him and he just wanted me to get him into the end zone where he had enough paid off rental properties that he didn't have to work anymore and he got there and he did it. And um, He was married. If I remember correctly, his wife was a professional sort. She had a very good job. She was uh, you know, very well established in her career. And he all of a sudden didn't have to really work anymore, and she took notice, and they ended up actually having serious marital problems as a result of that because he had gotten to a point where he was no longer in her mind the husband that she'd married. The husband that she'd married was someone who was always out hustling and you know always striving, and now he had gotten to a point where he didn't have to chase the uh, you know, the rabbit anymore, and she did – And and that created all kinds of marital problems that they ended up having to go to marital counseling and all that good stuff. But he and I had accomplished his goal of making it so he didn't have to financially uh, work anymore, that he was rich. So uh, that was what he hired me to do. And once we had accomplished that particular goal – he basically didn't need a real estate coach anymore because he wasn't really focused on selling real estate anymore. And I was thrilled for him, not because I didn't like coaching him, because he was great, because he was very uh, focused and drilled down. I was thrilled for him because I was there with him as he accomplished his big goal. That was an enormous, you know, that was one of my personal coaching career highlights. And I've had many, many like that. What, the reason I'm telling you all this is the world doesn't want you to be rich. And sometimes the pushback against you being rich is going to be omnipresent. It's going to be everywhere. You're going to pick up things little staticky things on how especially, you know, in this day and age of politics well, the 1% and all that, you're going to pick up little constant jabs yeah. towards anybody that's trying to be rich everywhere you look. It's just it's the nature of things right now. It won't be like that necessarily in 5 years. It won't necessarily even be like that in six months, but right now in this era, we have sort of this omnipresent—that means constant, always there—sense of you know, you know, maybe you shouldn't be rich. Maybe it's evil to be rich. Maybe you're taking, you're being rich and you're taking it from other people. Maybe if you're rich, you should be, you know, giving the money away and paying more taxes. And so here's the thing: the reason I'm telling you all this, it's because if you're sensing that probably you're sensing that on a subconscious level because your family and friends aren't going to come after you and push back overtly. They're not going to say, Hey Julie, I'm not going to want you to have playtimes with, you know, your daughter and my kid if all of a sudden you roll up in you know, some Rolls Royce or whatever and you guys are flying private from here to there. But that's gonna happen. She's all of a sudden not going to have, you know, the same social sphere as she previously did because using that as an example, you know, Julie would have made that person uncomfortable. Now do you need to earn a lot of money and make the people around you uncomfortable by showing your wealth using my example of driving some flashy car of course not of course you don't and matter of fact then maybe you shouldn't if you want if you like nice cars maybe that should just be your hobby on the weekends you need to you need to sort of strategically think about how you're going to appear but even with you trying your best not to put it in other people's face as people say they will still know because you will feel different to them the, the, the constant stress or the gorilla that's on everybody's back about money, when you don't have that, people will sense it. When people are talking to you or they're sort of saying little things about this being too expensive or that being too expensive or this the other thing, when they see you don't reciprocate those sort of normalized conversations about lack of sure. money, when they see that you're no longer participating in those conversations, they're going to notice. So no, it does not matter how – like maybe you write a big check to your local church. And you think, well, you know, I can afford it. I might as well. Don't you think those people are going to talk about the fact that you just wrote a big check and now they're going to be at your door on a regular basis and they're going to treat you special? See, my point is is that when you transcend and you go to the next level financially, that long bridge of transcending, of going to that next level, or maybe we call it the ladder as you climb it, whatever analogy works best for you, What you're going to do is on every step, at every grab hold as as the next level up, what you're going to feel is this huge pull back down or back over, if you're using the bridge analogy in your mind. You're going to feel constant pressure not to change. You're going to feel constant pressure to stay the same. And, you, and, and you're and you very rarely going to get anybody along the way that's going to reinforce your ascension to become rich where you no longer have to work for money where your money works for you. But here's what happens. Slowly, over time, you will find people that will replace, in some cases, not all cases, but in some cases, your peer group that you have now. They will replace the people that were maybe the ones that were maybe a little bit more overtly trying to diminish your your uh, dream or hold you back or say things like stop and smell the roses or say things like why are you working so hard Aren't, you know, you're missing out on life or all the types of things that people say Right? you will find new people in your life who decided as well to transcend because they too ultimately wanted to be free they, most people don't want to be rich just for the sake of being rich and having a bunch of you know, zeros in their bank account most people want to be rich Because they want to have more time to spend with the things and the the people that they love. That's why. So if if I ask you why you want to be rich, you're going to tell me so I can enjoy life more. And that's the reason why everybody does it. Now, again, there's some people who are totally driven to earn more money just for the sake of the game. And I get it. And that's perfectly fine as well. But please understand, when you are on this path, it's going to be a lonely path. You're going to find very few people to reinforce it. You're going to have to be incredibly careful who you allow in your head because most people are going to try to deter you from the path because you're on a path that makes them uncomfortable. It's in the, you're going to experience similar psychological turmoil whenever you're trying to improve any aspect of your life. When you're trying to lose weight, when you're trying to get in shape, when you're trying to you know, basically maybe become a better uh, Christian or Muslim or whatever your religion is, whenever you're on a specific path, you will have a, a noticeable increase in the number of people that will try to not encourage you to be on that path, but discourage you because you're making them uncomfortable. So please remember that we told you that, and that it's normal to have those experiences. And if the, you might for the first time ever – have, uh, you know, you're deciding to go on a financial path and you want to be financially free. Maybe for the first time ever you're actually doing it and for the first time ever the people around you, especially your family, that can be the most harmful oftentimes, you're going to go from, you're changing the way they see you and they're going to reject that change because they don't like that change. You are a specific puzzle piece in the way that they see the world and when you try to change how you fit into the world and you just say I'm not interested in this game anymore I'm going to create my own you will find that the the people closest to you oftentimes are the ones that are going to be the most resentful. Now, for your immediate family, your true family, your husband, your wife, and your children, they get the most benefit from it. But even with those folks, you need to set them aside, and you need to say, this is what mommy or daddy is trying to do, and this is why we're trying to do it. Or not trying, but this is what we're going to do, and this is when we're going to do it by. How about that? And then when you explain to them, then you need to give them buy-in. And one of the things we do for our coaching clients is we'll say, like, if they have little kids, we'll say, when mommy or daddy accomplishes this specific financial goal, we get to go to Disney World or whatever it is that they're turned on by. I mean, Disney World is the biggest cash suck I've ever experienced in my life. So maybe it's just camping, you know, something, something where you know, you're not going dead again. Yeah, go on a hike someplace or, you know, we will we'll buy you a new toy or something. You know, go cheap. But still, you guys get the idea. So I'm always sharing all this with you because we, a lot of the feedback that we got from doing this podcast this particular topic centered around what i'm trying to sort of uh, coach you guys on now so you're not surprised when you feel that pushback from the people in your world okay that's normal julie and i experienced it every single one of our coaching clients that ascend experience it you will experience it too Uh, we have your backs we can be your peer group you'll find uh, great books you can read um, you know i 'm just finishing up a book that it's been out for a while but it's a great book by David Doggins or Goggins Julie? Really? You were listening to it too
2: uh, I think it's goggins I think that's right it's can't hurt me
1: it's a great book <laughs> y'all yeah, you should definitely read it or listen to it um, and there's a couple other books like that i've got lined up on my uh, audible player next but i'll share all those with you as we go but so I wanted to open today 's show with this particular message because I wanted to prepare all of you for the inevitable. And the inevitable is you're going to find your peer group is going to have to evolve or change. Now, here's the cool thing when you do go to the next level and you are transcending, if not, you know, you get to a significant milestone financially, you then become the North Star for other people to follow. So even the people that weren't reinforcing your strive for success. Even those people will start seeing that because you did it, they can do it too. That sometimes can take years, but that is what happened. And that's what will always happen, is that you become the leader in your family in such a, you know, obvious way because hey, you're not just the person that talked about it, you did it. So the no phases, the no BS phases of wealth building. I'm going to go over th- these first five quick. I kind of just did, but I'm going to go over them again. Phase one: recognize and embrace that profit is your product. Phase two: never buy anything that is the easy button. Don't be seduced into poverty. Number three: accept that you must be a listing agent. Know your magic number. By the way. Uh, magic number formula. If you want to get the real estate treasure map for free, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. And these notes I'm going over quickly because this is what we covered on the podcast the other day. All right, so next point, point number uh, four, accept the fact that only – On the other side of doing what you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it, becomes the freedom that you desire. A lot of longtime listeners will know exactly what we're talking about. Point number five is the next point that we haven't presented to you guys yet. And this one, again, is counterintuitive. It's embrace being bored. Being bored is a sign that you're being successful in your real estate business you do not want drama in your business. You do not want any kind of drama. You want it to be run. I always used to say the post office. Maybe that's not the best example, but best businesses are boring. They have predictable workflows. They have predictable cash flows. They have predictable ways of generating leads. They have predictable everything. So You want a boring business. A lot of you have this ego's desire to be excited all the time and that excitement is also going to crush your cash flow so point number five is embrace being bored the more bored you are in your business the better and by bored i mean you wake up every morning you follow a predictable schedule you go on you know you you, again real estate treasure map guys complete it if you want a free copy of the book real estate treasure map just text the word harris to 31996 point number six julie
2: All right, point number six is, excuse me, reject the idea that you need to have passion to be successful. Now, there's a really big section, maybe even a whole chapter about this, in both the red book and the green book talking about how agents get stuck on this well, I'm not a passionate salesperson. I've lost my passion for real estate. You don't have to have passion for that. This is, it's called work for a reason. It's not called vacation, right? But what you have to have passion for is what it affords for you and your family. What you do for other people to be of service, you get paid for. That's the result. Your profit is your product. You get that profit for doing a great job helping people accomplish their goals. That way you can have more of your own goals. But passion is not a requirement. I don't actually know that many people that are just overwhelmingly passionate about being a salesperson, about selling real estate, whatever. Your deals are getting tougher and tougher. We understand that. But have passion for those goals that you set in your five areas of life. That's from the real estate treasure map. So we talk about this idea of not needing passion in several different places in the book and in coaching. I'm pretty sure we've done entire podcasts on this. So Tim, if you want to elaborate on that thought, we can here, or we can just direct them to other stuff that we've done. Well,
1: we'll good. You just gave them the bottom line, right? Embrace the idea that you have to be passionate to be successful. That is not passion is a fleeting emotion that you have at fleeting amounts of for fleeting amounts of time. So if you're only going to be successful or only act, doing the things that you don't want to do and you don't want to do it, that requires you and you think that requires you to feel passionate, well, you're never going to be successful, and you're going to struggle your whole life. Being passionate for what you do is a waste of time trying to figure that out. Be passionate for what comes as a result of what you do. Be passionate for what happens as a result of you helping other people and making money, and obviously then you can do with that money as you please, and the idea being you can be financially free. If you're financially free and you don't have to worry about money anymore, chances are you're going to have a hell of a lot more time to pursue whatever your passions are. But if you think you're supposed to squeeze passion out of selling real estate, buena suerte on that one. All right, next point. Reject the idea that your goal is to be happy. Here's another one. Again, counterintuitive, but I want you to really think about that. Your goal in life is not to be happy. Your goal in life is not to be happy. Why? Because happy is another one of those fleeting feelings. And if you're trying to pursue the emotion of being happy, sort of like being passionate, you're never going to do anything with your life because every time you start doing something that you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level, your ego is going to tell you, oh, I'm not happy, and then you're going to stop doing it. <laughs> I'm not happy when I go to Orange Theory. I'm not happy <laughs> when I do a lot of things that I have to do. Very unhappy course with Orange
2: of- Theory. Yes, I'm
1: yeah. very unhappy going to George theory. I mean we make fun of it, but it's so true. You know, I'm very there's a lot of things in life that don't make me happy that don't make you happy that you have to do. You it just is what it is. And again, it's this immature, like almost lack of I don't even know, connection to reality. It's a very um, progressive sort of feel-good mindset that you have to, A, have passion to be successful, and, B, that your pursuit is to be happy. I'm not saying. Look, on the other side of long-term periods of misery are more are, are breakthroughs. They're epiphanies. They're next-level type experiences. But you're never going to have those if you're old. That tells you you're not happy. You're just going to back off, and you're going to grow old. You're going to be fat. You're going to be broke, and you're going to have a long list in your head of all the things and people and places that you wish you would have experienced in your life, but you didn't because you're always constantly telling yourself, "I'm not happy, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not happy, so I'm not going." to save the money to go to Italy. I'm not happy. You know, guys get the point? I, it doesn't make me happy to prospect. It doesn't make, nothing in this industry will make you happy. <laughs> and it's okay not to have passion for any aspect of it that you think a doctor every single day wants to do his job our neighbor is an orthopedic surgeon do you think he wants to go in every day at 5 a.m. and do surgeries on people's spines do you think he has passion for that do you think that makes him happy or do you think it makes him happy the results of basically the work he does I think it's the second not the first isn't that the way you should consider thinking point number eight (laughs) work is work because it's hard it's supposed to be hard it's supposed to suck that's the nature of work and again don 't believe that's the name. that you have to that 's the name right you know that 's the why the reason it 's called work. Work is you providing a service that 's of value to somebody else, and when you provide that service at a high enough level, what you 're going to discover is that you will be rich so if you 're not financially successful financially independent it 's simply for the fact that you have yet to accept the fact that it's, there's nothing bad about being rich because generally 99% of all rich people are rich because they have figured out a way to provide a service or a product, however you want to encapsulate it, to enough people that enough people see value on that they're willing to buy it. That's it. That's it. It's that simple. There's a direct correlation to the number of people you've helped and the amount of riches in life that you're allowed to experience or you have been given, that you've given yourself the permission to experience. Point number nine, Julie.
2: Point number nine, life is barely long enough to get good at one thing, so choose wisely. Become the best listing agent you can be. Don't dabble at it. So if you have all these things in real estate that are coming at you all the time, well, I could do this and I could do that, just clarify. Be the best listing agent because that takes care of the rest of the picture. Once you achieve your magic number and you know how to be a competitive, successful listing agent, I'm talking about not dabbling. What do I mean by that? Here's how you know if you're a really kick-ass listing agent. I could drop you off at any town in the country. You get your license, and I just say, all right, take a listing by the end of the day tomorrow. You know how to do it. You know how to compete. You know all of the seven-step listing process, and you have confidence to say, "Why, well, yes, I think I will. Versus, well, you know, i got to get ready to get started to do this, that, and the other thing. Just become a great listing agent, and the rest really will take care of itself. Speaking of which, I've got to get over to Premier Coaching, so I can talk to them more about this. Back to you.
1: Yes, and Julie, tell them about exp-mastermind.com. I <laughs> hey know.
2: Okay. I will, I promise.
1: Good Lord.
2: Hey, that comes from having editors make- on me. It's not my fault. You, ne- anyway. you-,
1: you need to hang up so I can make fun of your dash, and you won't hear. All
2: right. All right bye.
1: Well, yeah, so I think some of the listeners know that the new book, Julie had four editors that were basically constantly on her about every single aspect of the book. So now she has become like, you know, Miss Grammar in our house. It's become into the uh, obsessive to the point where our little five-year-old daughter is now correcting me when I say something that's not, per- you know. And to hear this little five-year-old be able to put sentences together that are uh, grammatically correct is pretty shocking. But in any event, so I think all of us, uh, <laughs> all of the podcast listeners, are going to be hearing new, uh, higher level. Uh, grammatically correct outlines coming off this podcast because of Mrs. Harris's new learning about how to actually write something at a higher level. So that's an exa- an example, by the way, where we too are fighting not to stay complacent. That's the biggest, you know, eye opener is that you never stop. So to think once you reach the level of financial independence and being rich, where your money works for you, you no longer work for your money. It does give you some reprieve from day-to-day worry, but it doesn't make it so you can just check out of the way life works where you have to constantly be improving yourselves. So look forward to the new challenges because once the baseline, baseline financial worry is off your shoulders and you have financial uh, security and you don't have to worry about where you know, the base stuff comes from and how it's being paid for, that is a massively liberating. And for most of you, that, for really all of you, that is being rich. If you can figure out a way to make five or $7,000 a month come in passively from paid off investments and other things, there's not a single person listening to this call who's not going to feel a massive sigh of relief because they don't have to necessarily worry so much anymore, if not at all anymore. Because you essentially will have, you know, if you follow our plan, you're going to have almost like lifetime income, which is something pretty cool. You will be rich. You will be part of that class that society, you know, boos and hisses because you no longer have to worry about money. Ooh, (laughs) nice problem to have, right? So listen, we're going to pick up where we left off uh, today, tomorrow. In the meantime, if you want to have our free books, just text the word Harris to 31996. Text the word Harris to 31996. And please remember, uh, do come and see Julie and I at the mastermind that's happening April 19th. It's exp-mastermind.com. Just go there and register because EXP is underwriting this. It's not an EXP event necessarily, um, but obviously it's an EXP event in that there's going to be a lot of EXP people there. But it's a real estate training event, so please do plan on uh, attending April 19th. The tickets are only 50 bucks, thanks to their underwriting of the event. We have a lot of very famous, uh, some of our longtime friends that are going to be speaking at this event. we're really excited about it. Love to see all of you there. Those of you in Texas have no excuse. You can drive in for the most part, and the Sheraton's not that expensive. All the information is on the website, exp-mastermind.com. In the meantime, if you need Julie Rife for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow.
0: This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching.